Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, hiring overqualifieds. Part four, here we go. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Now after 30 years of management, I can tell you with absolute certainty that in my best moments, I can point to great relationships that made the key difference. And in my worst moments, and I've had several, <laughs> I can point to a key relationship that had it been good, would have made a significant difference. And I learned, eventually. But you don't have to take the long, torturous road that I took. Check out our Effective Relationship Series. Immediately and easily improve your relationships with your team, your boss, and your teammates, and get better results. The Effective Relationship Series, www.manager-tools.com. Check it out. Thanks. You said this before, but it's, it's absolutely true and we should reinforce this a bit. I mean, hiring is easier. If they're qualified and we don't find the negatives and they're a fit for the team, all that kind of stuff. You know, hiring, is, it's an easy decision to make. Managing them's a little harder. Yeah, exactly. And, you, and go into <laughs> with your eyes open. Yeah. We need to evaluate the candidate's propensities for the issues that they might have um, during the interviews. We don't necessarily need to ask him questions to elicit them specifically. I would recommend you do if you, but if you think a person is going to be a tough managing problem, they're going to create significant problems with your team, not just what Mike alluded to earlier, then you got to address that. Or if you don't address it, you don't hire them. But we do need to be able to answer any concerns about them. We need to dispose of those concerns, right? Because one thing is hiring, but managing is something different. And we need, if the managing is going to be different, we need to address that. Yes, I agree. So the first thing is expecting humility, which is surprising to people. But the question really becomes for an overqualified candidate, will this candidate, once you hire them, show humility in their role? And this goes to the questions of what tendency do they have to show appreciation for others in their answers? Now, no, I want to be clear. I just said a minute ago, you don't have to ask questions specifically about this. Certainly, you're not going to ask, will you be humble? Yeah, well, you don't. can tell, right, by their answers. If, right. if every time yeah. they have a success, the only person they talk about leading to that success is them. Is themselves. Then, then right. versus talking about the contributions of other team members, well, there, there's a sign. There's your right. sign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Are they a lone contributor? Do they show appreciation for others? Do they mention specific communications behaviors that indicate they can share and collaborate? These are all things that you wouldn't have to ask questions about, but you would be listening for in their answers. And those are the kind of things that cause you to say, well, I didn't ask about it, but my gut tells me the guy's good. That's okay. Right? What smart interviewers do is they think about the individual and think overqualified. Aha, I might have a problem with arrogance and humility uh, when they work here. So therefore, I need to add some additional criteria to the filters in my brain that I, when I'm listening to their answers. And this is one of them. Yeah. And this goes back to your point about the person who says, well, yeah, give me five minutes notice. I can interview anybody. Really? I mean, th this, really? is, yeah. this is a subtle subtlety. This requires preparation. You have to think about what you want to listen for in this particular interview. And you don't do that in five minutes, right? Yeah. 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 Actually, you don't have to think about it. But if you want to be good, you have to think <laughs> okay. about it. Yeah, assumption people want to be good. If they're listening this long on this particular topic, then we we assume that your your investment of time wants suggests you want to be good. Look, so, and you also have to give a special briefing to an overqualified candidate before he or she starts. We've got to share our concerns about humility and about arrogance and that arrogance won't be tolerated. You can write your own speech and uh, I'm, I'm going to give you a tougher speech in a minute about what to do if they are, if they are arrogant. Um, but, but here's an example 
um, of a phrase that I, a, a part of a speech that I gave to a candidate. Um, oh gosh, it's been 10, 15 years ago. Um, this is what I said. A phrase I have used when briefing a new hire in this situation is, Napoleon once said that every soldier has a marshal's baton in his knapsack, meaning everyone thinks they're better than their role, which in your case is true on its face. But listen, David Ogilvy, the great advertising guy, once said yes about the marshal's baton in the knapsack, but he oughtn't let it stick out. It is okay to know you have experience that some of the other people on the team don't, but knowing it and saying it are two different things. Crossing my team by being an arrogant ass will get you in trouble faster than crossing me. Hmm. Right. That, uh, I tell you, it's pretty direct. I remember very clearly the reason, the reason I shared, I, I wrote that out in advance because I wanted to say it the right way. And I remember very clearly the response from the candidate with the part that really got them was not the Napoleon quote. I like that part. They didn't really get that part. The part that they got was if you cross my team, your peers, that will be worse than crossing me. Right. Right. Well, yeah. So the humility discussion is pretty, pretty short because the real problem is arrogance. arrogance. That's, that's the yeah. opposite of humility. Yeah. And look, does the candidate show that they like getting credit? Do their answers have an air of, of course it went well, I did it. You know, do they talk openly about being overqualified for the job? Which, by the way, is not. I mean, a humble person would not say they were overqualified. They would say that they hope that they can show you that they have skills to share. And what we know is the candidate's not overqualified. The standard is just whether or not they meet the standard, and that means they're qualified. Um, they may be more qualified than another candidate, but the standard is simply qualified or not. Overqualifiedness in terms of communicating about that is actually a weakness if you think about it. But look, we also need to be prepared for behaviors we don't expect, we didn't expect in this area. If the new hire can't maintain their humility, it's time to be direct and specific. Okay? And again, we're talking about, air, we're talking about managing them here. And the problem here is that if you're rolling out the trinity, they're going to be arrogant pretty quickly. Uh, and so the problem is going to reveal itself before we're able to use negative feedback in that Trinity rollout process. Negative feedback, you have to wait six, eight months. So here's how it might sound. If you think this, what I'm about to say is pretty direct when I get done, you're right. But remember, I'm not giving this person feedback. This is a one-time warning. Okay. And people ask all the time, you know, gosh, what do I do when it's before time for negative feedback? Well, it depends on the significance of the incident. If, if we've talked in advance to a candidate who was overqualified and knew it, and we, we took them through this process and, and told them, I won't stand for arrogance or lack of team play, because there are two reasons why I fire somebody, because they don't perform or because they tear down the team. And arrogance about your overqualifiedness would be tearing down my team. If we have already done that, and then we see the arrogance, we need to punch them in the nose. Okay, please don't write me and say, Mark used a violent metaphor, okay? Um, it is a metaphor, guys. I'm not gonna punch anybody in the nose. So here's how it might sound. And by the way, I want you to notice at the start, I got, I got some pushback on this. Um, about a month ago, I was telling somebody about this cast, and they said, well, wait a minute. You told me that, the can that your team, you're gonna brief the team, and by the way, we'll talk about that in the next phase, be vigilant to look for indications, perhaps, that the person is not fitting in. You're gonna ask for additional help there. And I said, yeah, that's right. And then somebody comes to you and tells you that they were arrogant. This is what they said. Okay, good. 
And then you started your, your speech with, you've told someone that you're still looking for a job. And they said, but that's not, you couldn't say that to the candidate because you'd have to tell them, I've heard that you told somebody. I said, no, we don't do that. Remember, one of the, this relates to the third-party feedback podcast where we talk about the fact that the standard of giving feedback, and this isn't feedback in the model, but is a form of performance communication. The standard for performance communication is, do you believe what, it, what has happened is true? Do you believe it? The standard is not you saw it yourself, because of course, usually if you see it yourself, you'll believe it. The standard is, do you believe what you're hearing to be true? If one of your trusted directs tells you X about a candidate, and you trust your direct, then it actually happened. And you communicate as if it happened because you believe it to have happened, in the same way that if you saw it, you would have believed it to have happened. So here's how it sounds. You've told somebody recently on the team that you're still looking and indicated that this job is either, maybe they say, it's just a way station for you, or it's just a way for you to pay bills, or you've mentioned several times to people that you're overqualified. Say that again, and I'll make your search urgent. I don't want to keep you from searching. I want you to find the right role for you. But you're not going to brag about that here, ever again. And while you're here, I expect your best, your very best, not only in terms of performance, but in terms of communicating with the team. It's incredibly ungrateful of, of you and disrespectful to the team, and it's flat out rude to be advertising that you're better than your role, because that role is their role. If you're in the role, you're no better than it. If you thought you were so much better than this role you accepted, you bloody well oughtn't to have done so. In taking it, you put your family first, maybe. That's admirable. Don't besmirch that by implying that it was a mercenary transaction. Because let me tell you something, buddy. In mercenary games, the one with the most power wins. And in that situation, that's me. We care about our work here, and we care about each other. If you want to advertise that you can behave like a mercenary or suggest that you are a mercenary, there's no place for you here. Pack your damn bags. If you're not going to do that, then you owe an apology to a few of the folks whom you, to whom you were in your mouth. I'll expect to hear from them that you have offered one. Dismissed. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah. 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 Look, we're not, no, no, no. We're going to punch him in the nose. Yeah. We're, we're, right. We, we interviewed for it. We talked openly about it. We hired them because they were good and we believe they had the right attitude. And now they have proved us wrong and they are potentially a cancer. And, and look, everybody gets a pass. You can give them a pass. You can't give them a pass if they hurt somebody or they steal, but, but okay. We're going to remind him, and maybe yeah, they got to know how serious it is. Because in this case, it is serious. This is serious, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. This is tearing down the team. It there is absolutely tearing down the team. And what's more, it suggests that they misled us in interviewing, which which goes to the issue of integrity, and we just can't stand for that. And look, there are people who are incapable of changing their behavior, and therefore will do it again. And after having said this, you won't have any problem firing somebody within the first 90 days. Well, there you just go. say, hey, we don't have a probationary period, but we're entitled to one. And so you just failed in your probationary period. Well, that's period. the point here, right, is, is making the distinction between those things that are fireable and not. And this is one of those. This is a, this is yeah. a clear shot across the bow in, 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 many, exactly. res, in many respects. Exactly. Good analogy. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and folks, don't give this speech if you're not willing to do what you ought to do if you want to be effective, which is get rid of somebody yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. Don't threaten that, which you're not going to do. Yeah. And then that brings up the point of don't hire them unless you're willing to, in the event that they prove you wrong, 
you're willing to pull the trigger. Yeah. Okay, don't, don't. Now, now, if they prove you wrong, what a lot of managers do is, oh my gosh, that makes me a bad manager. Now I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, if you, if, no, you know what to do. If you'd have known that a month ago when you're interviewing them, you wouldn't interview, you wouldn't have hired them. Okay, there's, there's your sign. Yeah. You wouldn't hire them. Don't yeah. un- you, you made a mistake. Them. You made a mistake, yeah. right? You right. didn't interview Let's effectively enough to it. discover the problem. As my friends in Washington will tell you, the problem is never the mistake. The problem is the cover-up. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and the last thing I wanted to share was, a, well, no, no, we got we to talk about bench building. But, but let's talk about being vigilant, which I alluded to just a minute ago. There's an extra burden on our management of an overqualified person. We have to get more input sooner about how they're doing just to validate that those additional issues are not becoming a problem. We need to make sure the issues we've talked about, such as humility, are in evidence. Now, one of the problems with this is hiring is often considered a confidential thing. We don't recommend that at all, but we know many managers do it that way. So if we've been totally private about our interviewing of this person, which I think is dumb, we don't recommend that, then we have to communicate our concerns and ask for help from our directs about those concerns. We're not gonna say we have concerns about this hire, we just generally communicate the concern generally. And this is a case, by the way, where you could, if you have a license, you could share the show notes directly and it would save people listening to the entire cast or you listening to the entire cast and then having to give a speech about it. But look, what we need to do is explain to our directs that overqualifieds often get too comfortable early and create relationship problems early through ill-advised arrogance and tell them, I don't think this is a problem. I don't. And we want to help this person succeed. And sometimes people stumble the way we all do first time in a job. I'm going to, I try to be more forgiving in the beginning when people don't know who we are, how we do things and the right way to do things. That said, I'll, I'll expect you to report to me immediately anything that smacks of I'm overqualified or I'm, I believe I'm better than this job. It's simply unacceptable. And if your new hire is smart um, or clever or at all mercenary, he or she will only do it in front of their peers, not in front of you. So tell your team, I want you to be especially vigilant. We're thrilled to have him. We don't hire people we're not thrilled to have. So we're thrilled to have him. And as with each one of you, there were things about your background that were strengths or weaknesses. And I believed you were qualified and I believe you were fit. And uh, I'd love your help in this regard. Now, look, if, if you're a weakest performer, who's a whiner and a complainer, who you haven't had a chance to get rid of yet, and maybe you could save them um, and bless you if you do. If your weakest performer immediately starts saying, oh yeah, he did this, he did that and so on. Nobody else says that. You can, you can disregard that, that's okay. But trust your gut, and if you're hearing, you know, the, if one person tells you you have a green tail, they're an idiot. If two people tell you, you it's a conspiracy, if seven people tell you, you turn around and look. Yeah. Okay, and the last thing, I, I got to mention this, bench building, right? So this person may be arrogant, and, and they're probably going to continue searching, and there's nothing wrong with them continuing to search. Remember what we said in the beginning, they are qualified and they're a retention problem, not a hiring problem, provided we do our interviewing well. And we want to get the maximum value out of them. We're going to pay them the going rate and we're going to get 1.5 that in terms of skills. What's wrong with that? That's a, that's a net win for us, right? And we oughtn't try to curtail the search. That's not, you don't get to do that. These are free people we're talking about. What we should do, though, is do our job and retain them by rolling out the trinity and showing them what great managing means to those who are managed well. 
And look, people leave bosses, but it's also true that people stay for the right boss. Right. So we want this person to stay. Right. But we're not idiots either. We, we also know that yeah. there's an elevated risk of them leaving. Yep. And, and we ought to recognize that and take actions to make sure that we're not completely exposed. Yeah, since we have an elevated risk in this person, and this is this would clearly show up in our retention tool, right? We're right back at bench building the day they come on board. We don't stop looking. Maybe we stay in close touch with our number two candidate if they made the grade, but we hired this other person, right? Right. Even if this person is humble and wonderful, if they get a better job, we would wish them well. We don't do what, what most managers do in this situation, which is to relax. Oh, I filled the position. Oh, I don't have to do that anymore. Recruiting is a constant, it's never ending, and hiring is only one of its transient phases. The moment you've hired, you start recruiting, which is to say building your bench again, the moment it happens. And just be clear, not only for overqualified candidates, but for any candidate, right? Yeah. This is not uh, something that suggests that this is particular to this individual, right? This is, we, we're always building our bench. Yeah, and we, hopefully this example, if, if you're gonna start building your bench right afterwards, it will remind you that, yeah, as Mike says, you build your bench always with everybody. Right after you hire, you're starting again. Good, okay, so um, now on to uh, part, part five of this Part cast. 95? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just a quick wrap up. Hopefully we've made it clear that overqualified people are also qualified and they're a retention risk, which is a managing problem, but they may not be an interviewing risk and the way you interview them is you start with their skills, you're candid, you're open, you're positive about their strengths, you gotta interview for resilience and attitude, you gotta be clear about what the risks are and you gotta interview for those hidden failures and be direct about them. And then when it comes to managing them, you've gotta expect humility, you've got to curtail the arrogance if it happens, you gotta be vigilant, have your team help you, and remember that your bench has never stopped, you never stop building your bench. Look, when did someone with qualifications we were looking for become a problem? When you can be certain that there's not a hidden flaw or the flaw isn't dangerous, it's not a problem. Yeah, you gotta screen for some stuff that you might not normally and you have to be a solid manager. But who's going to complain about extra skills lying around on your team? Delegate more and watch for arrogance. You may have to give them a sharp rebuke, maybe, but that happens. And keep your powder dry. Awesome. Thanks, my friend. You bet, partner. It was a fun one. It was. Thanks, everyone. That's it. I mean, really, that's it finally for this series. Next week, we'll be on to a different topic. In the meantime, have a great one, folks. So long. 